family, the bedrock of society, an important influence to children that helps shape in their perspective of life as they grow up. It helps in building their confidence, shaping their beliefs, values, and more importantly, helps them to become what God has ordained them to be. The dynamics of the family circle cannot be overemphasized. It plays a key role in our social interactions as adults and as children. And because of its domino effect in our lives, we need to pay attention to it and be heavily invested in building a healthy, strong family with the goal of raising better children, building healthy relationships between spouses, but more importantly, in building a better society across all nations. Get ready to explore and learn with Pastor Fumi Alawale on the subject of family dynamics and its impact in our lives. Good day, everyone. Uh, it's great to come your way again on family dynamics with Pastor Fumi. We've been talking for a long time now on spiritual and uh, sexual intimacy in marriage. And uh, last week, we were looking at, at uh, the last episode was on barrier to spiritual intimacy. And so it, this episode will be the rounding up of some of the uh, talks we've had on sexual intimacy. And we want to consider barrier to great sex, barrier to great sex life in marriage. Just like we've seen before in previous ep episode, uh, what we've read from the scripture, we know that this is sex is of the Lord because it's the one that put the sexual drive in the man and the woman. So this morning, I pray that God will give us understanding and help us to follow his principles so that we can enjoy what he has freely provided for us in marriage. We've said so many things, read scripture, so I'm sure if you have been listening to previous episode, you are now aware that sex is of God. He gave it in marriage. Once it's within the confine of marriage, then it is good. So today we're just looking at barrier to a great sex life in marriage. Now, as male and female, God fashioned us uniquely and put in us sexual drive. But the men, the, the women, we are so different. And that's why it is import, important that we have understanding of what we need to do to, to make sex great in our relationship. That we, this morning, we're going to be looking at attitude or factors or habits that keeps us from having effective sexual life in our marriages and what can be done to safeguard it or counteract all this negative effect. We saw that sex is a good thing because it is from God and he wants us as people to experience great sex. So studies have shown, research work have shown that one third to half of married couples experience a moderate to major level of sexual frustration in, in marriage. <clears throat> and we discovered that a lot of issues in marriage, majority of them are caused from all these sexual problems. So you see people saying we can't cope again because we are not, are not having a great sex, sexual relationship with my partner. So what are the attitudes and the habits that can keep us from using this gift of God that is in a way 
God has ordained to be a blessing, not a cause. So why are we experiencing frustration in this area? And I think as a church, we need to talk more about it. We don't discuss sex in church because a lot of time we feel it's not necessary or it's not something that should be discussed in church. But I think to help our, the couples in church or married couples in church is important that we look at it. And that's why we're looking at it. There's no shame about it because if God does not want us to have it, he won't give, us, give it to us. So it's important also that as parents, we give our children a good sex education because if we don't teach them the TV, the internet, we teach them, their colleagues, we even teach them. So so important that we look at it. As God help us, we may have to look at sexual abuse or sexual addiction even as we go on. Uh, but I want us to round this up with set uh, barriers, what we can do to, re to, to limit it or remove all this negative barrier. The first one that we're going to be looking at is lack of understanding of what God, God said about sex can hinder a couple from enjoying sex the way God wants it to be enjoyed. Uh, the devil's desire is for sexual immorality to multiply and destroy families. And we saw in the time of Balak and Balak, all the things that he did to be able to cause the people of Israel, anywhere he go, any altar that has been raised, he couldn't because God said, these people are blessed and you cannot cause them. And he kept telling the king, you know what, I can't cause them because I will only say or declare what God wants me to declare. But because he had paid so much for him to do this, the only way by which the enemy was able to overcome the people of God was by introducing sexual sin. And when a couple enjoys a good sexual relationship and connection between the couple, the man and the woman, a great foundation is made available for great child-rearing principle, failure on the part of the enemy. So it's so important that we allow, you know, we, we prevent sexual sin as much as possible. One of my friends told me that throughout the pregnancy, when she was carrying her pregnancy, she didn't allow the husband to touch her. And after the baby was delivered, the, the man, out of frustration, spoke to me and said, you know what? I don't know what I need to do. Can you talk to your friend? And I said, about what? He said, the past how many years, one, one and a half years now, we've not had sex. I said, wow, why? So when she was pregnant, she said no. Now she has delivered, it's past six months. She has not allowed me to touch her. She said oh, she's breastfeeding and all that and all that. And the, the, when I spoke with her, she only said, oh, it's not, um, I don't want my baby to be affected. I said, now that the baby is born, said I'm breastfeeding. So a lot of, you know, not, lack of knowledge of what sex is about is affecting us as people. So, when one person is in the mood and the other is not, the frequency, the romance, everything will be affected and sex will not be, be happening and that will affect the relationship. And if care is not taken, this is one of the things that leads to uh, adultery and fornication. You see people looking for a way to satisfy themselves. So as Christians, we should not say, my, my husband is a Christian or my wife is a Christian, she won't go out. She may not go out, 
But the devil is using a lot of other things to, to, to take people away from God. And God forbid that we lose our home because of sexual immorality. So <clears throat> we read from 1 Corinthians 7, 3 to 4, and that has been a foundational scripture for a long time. So I need you to read it and read it over again, get understanding of what God is saying, so that by by every possible means you are able to stand on the word of God and be obedient to the word. There is a great link between spirituality and sexuality. So don't think you're you are you're spiritual by not allowing your husband or your wife to touch you. The Bible said that even when we want to fast and pray, it has to be because my husband has consented. Oh, darling, I'm fasting for the next 21 days. And he has agreed for me to go ahead. And so we can do without sex. But the Bible says, don't tempt yourself. Let it be for a short while and come back together and, and, and let sex happen. So when we have Christ-centered marriages, it enhances wonderful, mutually satisfying sexual relationship. So... Studies have shown that most sexually satisfied people in marriage are those who pray together, read Bible together, go to church together, and God made sex. So, and so they, they can talk about everything because they are close, they are friends to one another, and they are ready to obey the scriptures, living by the standard of God. So the Bible says, let the husband rent, render to the wife. And the same thing goes, wife render to the husband and whatever is due to them. So if we are Christians and we are, we want the Bible to be the basis for which our life is centered, the principles on which we live, we need to obey the Bible and let our husband be satisfied. Another important factor is the fact that a lot of time we don't have understanding of our spouse's sexual drive. And this is common with men. You think that the way the man is is the way the wife is. Men and women, men and women are different. And I'm looking at uh, after us, maybe by the grace of God, uh, uh, we need to deal with differences between men and women because if we don't have understanding of those differences, there'll be issue in life, and we'll be thinking, why is she like that? Why is it she's always misbehaving? Or the woman thinking, why is my husband always this? So a man's sexual drive is like a sprint. You know, you go, that's it, so done. It's like you put on a ball, switch the light on, it's on, it's ready. A man can be aroused by just looking. Whereas for women, it's slower. It's like a cooker, like a hot plate. You put it on, it takes a while to get there. Uh, because there are lots of other things that will affect the way the woman responds to sex. So because a woman is affected by all of the senses, is it touch, is it smell, is it um, uh, sight, is it hearing? So all those things are put in place. You, cannot, you, you wouldn't have spoken rubbish to your wife and in the evening expect her to give you good sex. No, she won't. She may allow you to do it, but it will just be, just do it. And we don't want that. You want a time when you are both enjoying it and both of you are happy. So a woman's uh, sexual drive is like marathon. It starts slowly. And God has wired us so uniquely 
when it comes to this. And we need to understand that. When you understand that, you, you as a man, you'll be able to do your own bit to help your wife. Because there is the importance of romance. A lot of Afri Afro-Caribbean men, they don't know anything about romance. There is need for us to understand how to romance your wife and the wife romancing their husband. There are books on it. If you don't have a clue about it, buy books. How Romancing Your Wife is one book. I can't remember the author. There's another book on romancing your husband. And there is a book uh, intended for pleasure. It's a great book. It's written by Christians. And if you read it, I'm sure you'll be helped and you'll be able to build your relationship together. So sexual satisfaction is achieved with sensitivity to your spouse's sexual drive. You need to you need to have understanding of how it's, it is. It's important you know and understand the need of your spouse. When you understand the need of your spouse, you may be able to help in, you know. For men, they desire sex more than their, their, their wives most of the time. It's only occasionally you have some women that, that want sex much more than men. But most especially, you'll find that a lot of men will want it. And when there are situations or circumstances that you think um, will prevent that happening, then we understand that, okay, my wife is not feeling well. She's, she's, she's going through a situation. Then you can forbear with her. You have self-control to hold on until everything. So when a man wants it, the wife is not in the mood. You may sigh or say, just leave me. I'm tired. It has a way of affecting the man. They feel rejected. They feel rejected. Oh, I've had a long day. Oh, I'm an early riser. I have to go to work early tomorrow, so I need to sleep. You can't be giving that excuse all the time. So like we've said before, you must create time for sex. Look for ways to, to create time. Find time for it. If you don't find time for it, the pressure of life, work, children, church, everything will take it away from you. And once it's taken away, it's difficult to bring back. And once it's not there, it affects every other thing. Um, I remember my husband said to me, when you see a man that is happy at work, jumping up and down, doing everything with a lot of energy, the wife is satisfying him at home. And I think it's true most of the time because I've seen a lot of this happening. Like I said in one of my stories that I told you about, uh, if, if you can remember. So... One, one psychologist, this is a Christian, uh, his name is Dr. Willard Halley, he's a Christian psychologist. This is what he said. Husband sitting next to his, to this stool, a glass of water sitting on this stool. The wife needs water, but she can't get to it as she's immobilized. She, she was telling this story that the woman cannot get the water. And she said, oh, my husband, please, can you pass me that glass of water? Because she's not where she's immobilized. And the woman said, oh, I'll give it to you later. And over and over, the woman waited for it. And nothing was coming. The woman becomes really thirsty. And the only thing that can quench the thirst is the water. But the man is not giving it. He says, sex quenches thirst in a physical and spiritual, emotional, and psychological manner. So when a man or a woman is not satisfied sexually, it is not what is good, and it affects the total man or the total woman. So it's so important that we understand this and be able to 
help our, our partner to enjoy what God has freely given to us. Um, in this episode, I think I will stop with this last one. Number three, unrealistic ideas of marriage by many couples. That's the third point. A lot of time we have very, very much unrealistic ideas of what sex looks like. Maybe because um, we've read it in books, we've seen it TV, we've watched movies and social media. You People talk as if it's something... You know, you see a couple coming from outside, maybe they've gone to watch a movie or they went out for a meal, and it's as if something like a fire just entered, and then they, they, before you know it, they are on the bed. You know, it's, most of the time it's not like that. They portray it in a way that makes people feel this is how it should be. If you are the kind of person that have had opportunity to watch movies or romantic movies, and your, your orientation has been turned to the fact that it should be like that. You need to break it down. You need that. It, it goes beyond that. People will look at, look up to as models. Many of them are messed up. Many of them are in their third, fourth marriages. Many of them are, are into adultery. They are cheating. They are having affairs and that has destroyed their homes. So if sex is the thing, when I first got to England, I see people kissing on the road in the, in the um, bus stop, and I, I said, this, is, this must be a country where they showed their love. But before I knew it, it's, it's not like that. They may kiss now and divorce tomorrow. So it is important you don't measure your sexuality by what you see on the movies. Don't measure it by what you see on YouTube or TikTok or, or, or anything like that at all, or any social media, Instagram and everything. Things don't happen like that in real life. And it's so important that we know that. A lot of time, they, they portray it in a way to attract us to look at it. So be careful of deceit of the devil. Also, when it comes to pornography, don't buy his lies. Don't bring adult movies or videos into your bedroom. Um, lusting harassment by another person it's a sin of adultery. If you lost after someone in your heart, the Bible calls it adultery. So when you use somebody's picture or their action to stimulate yourself, it's a sin against God. And the thing is that pornography, we always want, when you watch pornography, you always want more and more and more. And before you know it, it leads to addiction. Many homes have been destroyed by it. Remember the story of a couple because they were not enjoying their sex life, they said, oh, let's try and watch pornography a bit. Maybe it will help us to understand how to do it because both of us were fighting when we got married and we didn't, we didn't have understanding of what we're doing. So they, they just, you know, talk through it and both of them agree to watch it for a while until they master what they need, they need to do. They started watching one second, one week, two weeks. And after they thought, okay, we, we now know what we, we need to do, they stopped according to what they, they have agreed to do. Not knowing afterwards that the husband kept going back to kept going back to it. By the time the wife knew, it was just because the husband will have satisfied himself. You will not come to the bedroom so early. So oh, I have work to do at work. I have a deadline. And lies started coming in because one sin opens the door to the other. And that was what happened. Their home was almost destroyed. 
if not for God that helped them. And the man had to confess that, you know what, I've not been able to come out of pornography and walk to it, and I need them. And that was when they sought help. So pornography is a very dangerous thing. And if you have been involved with pornography material, destroy it or delete it. Um, put safeguards on all your electronic devices. Most of the time, when it comes up, you are the one that opens it. So you need to, I, I say to people, <laughs> just when, when it comes, start speaking in tongues. You can't be speaking in tongues or listen to Bible. Let them read. Let, there's so, so many things on the scriptures on the, on your phone that you can even click on. Let it play to you. You can't be listening to Bible and be watching pornographic. So if you're addicted to pornography, seek help. There is help out there. And there are Christian counselors, there are support groups that you can, you can, you can, you know, get involved with. It will destroy you, your family, at the end, least to end, if you don't break it. So do whatever it takes. Make up your mind. Be intentional about it. That this thing, I'm going to, to leave it. I'm going to stop it. Um, an adage in my language says, Somebody that we want to set ablaze now went and used oil to rub the body, you know. So that, that we hasten the setting ablaze. You just need to put a little fire and the whole thing will be consumed. So do not allow what is going, going on in the secular world to distort the reality of a biblical commitment to your marriage. We need to obey God. And when God is saying, don't do this or do this or do that, it's because he wants the best for us. There's nothing that the devil ha have to offer that does not bring destruction. The Bible says he has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So his intention at the end of the day is to destroy. It, it may look good. It may be a pleasure that you enjoy for a few minutes, and before you know it, it destroys. And so that is what we need to know. Bible as it is, is the origin of marriage relationship. God ordained marriage, one man and one woman committed to God and to each other in the context of marriage. That is how God put it. We can't change it because he's the one that ordained it. And if we say we are changing it, the repercussion, the consequences, we have to bear it. And we have to be sincere with one another. Anything outside of God's intention is an aberration. So when you dig deep, Dig deep, and they are, you see people that we say it as it is. It destroys relationship. Sometimes they cover up. We don't know, but if you dig deep, it we it, we we know that they're not enjoying life as we think or they portray to us that they're doing. So sex, according to Ed Young, is an opportunity for greater intimacy and a mutual discipline for couples. So we will continue on barriers to great uh, sex life in the next episode. And I believe that God has blessed you. And let's keep holding on to God. It pays to serve Him. He offers the best to us. And if we allow Him to have be the foundation of our home, I tell you, marriage is sweet. Uh, one woman of God, Pastor Funke Adejimo said, marriage is sweet, but it all depends on the cutlery with which you used to eat it. Use good cutlery, my dear. I'm sure you will have a good time in your marriage. God bless you and have a brilliant day. And I see you on my next episode.